Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Now back to Overtime with Sterling Bennett and Mark Grandy on 95.7 The Game. Sterling, you got to figure this out. I don't know. Shanahan's calling plays back here, man. It's not me. You're (laughs) over, too. I don't know if those of you uh, on YouTube can't hear this right now, but Sterling has been trying to play Electric Avenue. It's kind of been uh, his go-to to celebrate Niners wins. But for whatever reason, uh, it is failing him. It's failed him for the second straight time coming out of a break. Uh, it's buffering, pausing. I have pausing. tried to play Electric Avenue twice. Come on. <laughs> I don't, the gods don't want it to happen, man. They said, all we're, no Electric Avenue, but we'll give you a win. That's, I mean, that's a fair exchange. Maybe, I'll take yeah, that. That's fair. Right? Yeah. YouTube's yeah. just not having it. Sorry, YouTube. Uh, I apologize. Could YouTube hear it? Yeah. They, well, kind of. <laughs> They heard it like as the rest of us. As much as we did, yeah. It. Yeah, gotcha. Uh, yeah, did not work. Maybe you'll get it next time, Sterling. We'll, well see. Well, it's not going to be a third break of the day, so we'll be good. And we'll see. <laughs> uh, we'll figure it out. All right, as promised, we got to go back to the phones here. We are going to hear from Kyle Shanahan coming up in just a little bit. We talked about Shanahan at the end of the first half. Uh, the, sh- shena- uh, the Shanahan shenanigans nice. continued the in the shenanigans. third quarter. The shenanigans. The, the Shanahanigans continued into the third quarter, and uh, he addressed that as well. We will hear from Kyle Shanahan about that momentarily, but first, got to run through some of these calls. As promised, up first is Hope in San Francisco. What's up, Hope? You're on overtime on 95.7 The Game. How you doing? I'm good. Hey, guys, how you doing? I'm doing well, Hope. What'd you think of that Niner win? Yeah, I think uh, the first takeaway is a win, still a win, right? And then the other thing I want to talk about is remember earlier Nate White and all the all other broadcasters they keep asking the same question like when Brock Purdy playing a really bad game, can he still lead the winning drive? But at least in this game he did. So that that 
that's still good for me. I mean, the the only upside for for this game. And other than that, I I just want to say if we keep like we can't stop the third and none, it it will hurt us in long term. That yeah, that that's my thought. Thank you, guys. Yeah, thanks, Hope. I think you got a lot of a lot of good points. Um, it ultimately it comes down to your quarterback. If he's in a go down and score or go home moment, regardless of how you got there, if if he was playing like an MVP uh, and and willing you to come back and win that game, or if he was playing poorly right. uh, and was struggling, it doesn't matter how you get to that point, Sterling. Can your quarterback go out there with it all on the line and lead you to a game-winning drive? There are multiple third-down conversions. The throw to Brandon Ayuk, which was perfectly placed, but it was well defended. It still took a great yeah. diving catch by Ayuk yeah. to help move the chains. He scrambled for like nine yards to get down <laughs> to like the six-yard line, setting up the McCaffrey six-yard touchdown run. Uh, it was, bar none, his best drive of the night, and it is extremely positive and encouraging to see your quarterback even when he was playing as bad as he was and we're not shying away from that you and I have both called it like it was like a stinky turd one of his if not his worst (laughs) game of the season and you were talking I mean I'm not sure I agree with you on going this far but if this was a loss yeah if he he, first round exit like you're re reconsidering his future as the quarterback of this team like there would have been conversations of is he the guy that's how at times, bad this performance was for Brock Purdy. But when it mattered most, when all the cards were down on the table, Sterling, he made the throws he had to made, had to make, and the Niners got into the end zone, and their defense forced one more turnover, and they won. It's Sometimes it's just as simple as, did you win the game? And they did. Right, and, and, and look, I don't think it would be, like tr- trying to find a silver lining in this game, to me, it feels like Brock Purdy finally came from behind this year and got the win. Like one of, if not the only question of this team left was, can they come from behind? And well, they did in the biggest game of the year. Like they came from behind, got the win, and was it pretty? No, relatively ugly. Not Stinky. pretty. Like if 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 this was a game, if this was a bathroom, it's a. It's a it's one of those stinker ones. Like you walk by a clean bathroom, oh, this is a great perfect one. You walk by one of those public toilets, and you're like, I am steering clear of that thing. I never want to set foot in there. Yikes! Like there's no bidet. Everything looks nasty and it's dirty. Like the public restroom exactly. outside of the skate park in my hometown. Yeah, you're like, there's something happening in there. There's raccoons in there somewhere. <laughs> like I am not touching that thing. That's what it looked like for a long time. But you go in there and you go, eh, actually, it wasn't that bad. My deed was done, and, I, and I'm okay with it, right? Like, you're not happy to be in it, but you go, okay, like, the job was done, things were finished. And now I'm and, never going to step back in there again. <laughs> right. Next week, the bidet's back. We're having, you know, everything is great. But, again, t- today, t- that was probably a really bad a example. really yeah. weird analogy. <laughs> I'm not comfortable with it, but, honestly. But still, the whole point is it was ugly, it was dirty, it was grimy, it was raining, and you came back from behind and you got the win. That's all that matters. Yep, a win's a win. And, and the, the Nat- bathroom you use. And, and the Niners <laughs> are on to the NFC Championship game. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. For the so third straight year, they've beaten the Packers for a fifth consecutive time in the playoffs, all since 2012. Two wins by Kaepernick. Uh, there was the game 
in uh, San Francisco at Candlestick where Kaepernick ran for like 200 yards. There was the was a great game. the freezing game in Lambeau where Kaepernick, like like a madman, came out without any sleeves oh, on. I forget that game. And the Phil Dawson game-winning <sighs> kick. That's what that game was. Can we just talk about how this Niners team had Phil Dawson, David Akers, and Robbie Gold? Like, <laughs> 40-year-old kickers just getting it done when it matters. Yeah. Yeah, and they all were great in the playoffs. Yeah. All of them. Uh, and then, so those two Kaepernick wins, you had two Garoppolo wins. Uh, the NFC Championship game at home where yeah. he threw eight times and Raheem Mostert <laughs> ran for like 220 and four tuds. And then you had the game two years ago or the Jordan Willis blocked punt and the Hufanga uh, recovery in the Which, end zone. He was back today on the sideline. Yeah. That was awesome Shout to out see. Huff. Good to see him back. Yeah. And now you win today. Five consecutive wins over the Packers in the playoffs, all since 2012. Uh, and the Niners, uh, they haunt Packers fans' dreams. It's just what it is at this point do you think five in a row since 2012 like if you go on twitter or x and and you see like eagles fans and cowboys fans are like oh, we're, we're packers fans this weekend like why are you packers fans when they beat you like if if you're a cowboy fan why would you want the packers to win this week i get they're playing san francisco but it's like you don't have a dog in the race Go, if go, you don't have a dog in the race, you root against your rival. That, that's I mean, the bottom I, I line. Yes, but like, say we lost this game. I'm not like, go Packers! I'm like, no. like no, Say it was opposite. Say it was opposite, and the Niners lost to the Packers in the first round. Packers are going to play the Cowboys. You're rooting for the Packers to beat the Cowboys. I mean, I guess in that case, yes. Yeah. So maybe I'm, there, just, maybe, yeah, maybe I'm just dumb, but like, I, I don't know. Like, <laughs> I don't like rooting for the team that beat me. Where it's like, oh, there, I, there's I also there's also part of the team that beat you going on to win it all. Be like, okay, well, at least we lost to the best team. Not, not in the first round, though. I mean, of course you're you like, don't want to. Like, you don't, like, we stink. You don't want to ever lose, obviously. <laughs> All right, let's uh, go back to the phone lines. I do got to pay off that Shanahan tease in a moment, but first let's sneak in TC. TC is leaving the game down in Santa Clara. TC, what's up? You're on overtime on 95.7 The Game. How you doing? What's up, boys? Thank you for taking my call. Yes, sir. What'd you th- what was it like down there in Levi's? Let me tell you something. It was raining cats and dogs <laughs> all day. I'm still shivering in my car right now. I had to pull over and wait for you guys to take my call. But I know the narrative coming up for this next week is going to be Brock Purdy had a bad game when really if you were out there with me, you, you, would, have been, you would have had a bad game too. It could have been the best quarterback who ever lived. But uh, it, it was just too wet out there. I feel like uh, the the weather had something to do with it. Thank God our defense came in, came in clutch for us. But uh, I think Kyle Shanahan should have stuck with the run. I think deferring in the first or deferring the ball when we could have had it probably hurt us. But either way, I'm glad I'm having a happy drive home now that we won. Cheers, boys. I'm going to go get warm. Yeah, thanks, TC. Yeah, go get warm and drive home safely. It's wet and and nasty out there, so uh, make sure you you get home safe. That's an interesting take. I mean, it was wet. It was bad out there. I think maybe mentally in my head, Sterling, I kind of brushed that to the side because for most of this game, I mean, Jordan Love was throwing the ball well, and he's playing in the same weather as Brock Purdy, right? Um, But that's also why I feel like even if this was a loss – because of the conditions, because of all of the issues, I don't know. 
I, I wouldn't overreact to one bad Brock Purdy game, and, and maybe, you know, I'm looking at the, the forecast for next Sunday in Santa Clara, the Tell NFC me. Championship game, 68 degrees and sunny. Oh, that's a dub, folks. Like It's m- over. Maybe we see Purdy throw for 350 and three tuds and no touchdowns. Like and- If you can avoid the rain from here on out. You're in danger. All you got to do is avoid the rain eight days from now in Santa Clara, and then you're home free because Super Bowl is in a dome in Vegas. Have you ever seen that song? Rain, rain, go away. Come, Come on back another day. day. I want to be singing that seven days a week until Sunday. But is this as simple as the conditions? The weather making it difficult oh, on it, it certainly played a part in it, and I, and I don't know who the caller was. TC. But earlier in, in, oh. in the show made a comment of like, well, when it rains, we see Purdy's physical limitations. And I think it's true. Like, whether it's against the Ravens, maybe the Browns game, and this game especially, when it rains, although there are other factors at play, Shanahan having maybe a poor play-calling day, Debo being hurt, the Packers playing good defense and you know just kind of showing up to play today, right? All that factors in. But I think it has become a common you know, knowledge that if it rains, Purdy's brain, Purdy's processing isn't enough to maybe push this team over the hump but today, you get lucky, you get a win. Your defense plays great in the red zone. You get a couple stops, a missed field goal. Um, but I do think there is some truth to the idea that in a rain game, maybe you're betting against Brock Purdy because it has been the case uh, a handful of times this season. Yeah, it has. All right, let's let's uh, let's hear from Kyle Shanahan. Uh, we talked a little bit about what happened at the end of the first half, uh, which was bad. Shanahan said, no, well, we were still trying to score. I mean, we ran a play. Okay, the Packers just defended it well, right? Like, Trying no, to score. I was trying to score. Uh, and then they open up the third quarter after the failed front half of the double dip without Debo Samuel, and they decide out of shotgun to hand the ball off to Jawan Jennings. Good old Benny Jennings. Jawan Jennings. <laughs> That's a great story. That's a great story. Uh, we got to tell that story <laughs> to the audience because I don't think most people Probably know not. what it is. Probably not. We'll get to that after I play this uh, piece of sound from Kyle Shanahan. Uh, he was asked simply, why would you open the third quarter with a handoff to Juwan Jennings? I'm sure he's had a couple of rushes in his career, but probably end arounds and the like. Not a handoff when he's lining up in the shotgun alongside his quarterback, Brock Purdy. Kyle, what happened on that play call? Um, great question. (laughs) Those are some of the challenges when something goes down and you call a wristband number and, um, and forgot to tell him not to say Hezzy or not to read Hezzy, but sometimes we just Ron Burgundy our wristbands and then you look up and Juwan's in the backfield and couldn't stop it. Okay. So it was a rain's fault. I swear (laughs) all the rain's fault. So obviously what happened was in that, play call it's for Debo Samuel yes Debo Samuel is out the replacement in that formation or whatever be Juwan. is Juwan Jennings and I imagine the hezzy that you tack on at the end is maybe the actual handoff like everything else is the formation right. and I, it's play action or, or a read option per se so you get into that situation you see Juwan in the backfield and you're like ah, screw it yeah, let's w- do it why not in the biggest game of the year like that, like I think of that, and I go, why isn't McLeod the one doing that play? Like McLeod took Debo's spot against the Commanders last year, had a huge play in that one. If McLeod's back there, he has some speed on the end around. I would trust that. Juwan, between the tackles, my friend, have at it. What? This just gives a little bit more credence to your point from earlier. Like 
Maybe Shanahan's the one that's a little bit rusty. Like, do you forget that you just had a coach? Like, if Chris Paul asked him, you coaching? He'd be like, I don't think so. Like, I, I, I have no answer. N- no idea. That's the first play out of <laughs> halftime. And you forget I'm, that Debo Samuel is out and that Jawan Jennings is a replacement, and you're going to call the run play to him? I'm How is that happening out of halftime? I'm imagining the, they're, they're at halftime. All right, boys, we're up 7-6. to six. I know we had a field goal block, but that's okay. We had the lead still. We're going to go out there, run it down their throat. We're going to go out there and score a touchdown. Calls a play. Hey, why is Jawan back there? Eh, whatever. Go ahead. Like, if I was the team and I was Brock, I'd be like, Jawan? Why are you back here? Like, like, how does a head coach of a historical offense, statistics-wise, let that occur? Like, I know you don't want to call a timeout. Just audible. Like, and not even that. Brock Purdy had a read option scramble in this game. <laughs> when has that ever happened all year? The only time I remember Brock Purdy scrambling was when he threw the pick against the Bengals, and he said, yeah, it was a broken play. We're doing read options like Lamar Jackson in a playoff game in which Brock Purdy has never done that all year long. Like, I don't know if Kyle went to Cabo for the week and was like, oh, Green Bay, I got LaFleur's number. Like, like, like oh, this is going to be an easy day. We're going to shred some cheese, put it on some nachos, and have a great game. And then he got here and was like, eh, Jawan can take carries out of the backfield. Why not? Like, you have to come in dialed in every single play. And Shanahan, it felt like there were some plays he just took off. You can't let that happen. No, you can't. There's no <laughs> excuse for that. I don't know how. Like, literally, the f- <laughs> and the fact that it followed the debacle at the end of the first half. Yeah. And I don't know how you're feeling. I think I, I tweeted this I, I, in my head, like, all right, Kyle, like, you Time management, clock not management, it, you're not great at it. Now it's not a factor. You're not – you didn't get the double dip. Let's get the single dip, right? Like, right. go out and score, make this an eight-point lead. You're feeling a little bit more confident. Like, reach into your bag, Kyle. Give us, like, some of that that good stuff, It's like right? shanty claws. <laughs> Do <you> like that? <laughs> not really. <laughs> Give us something good, Kyle. Come on. Like, we're begging for it. And the first play out of the halftime break when you're kind of expecting him to, like, pull out his bag of tricks and, like, get a touchdown. A handoff out of the shotgun to Jawan freaking Jennings! Good old Benny in the Jets back there. Okay, you got to pay that (laughs) off. Okay, so Jawan Jennings was asked about his name. I don't know the exact question, but the story came about of Jawan telling reporters that his father wanted to name him Benny. So Juwan would then go by Benny Jennings. His, like, 10-year-old brother said, Dad, be quiet. His name is Juwan. His 10-year-old brother overruled his father in naming Juwan Jennings. It's an awesome name, too. It's spelled J-A-U-A-N. It's a great spelling for it. It's unique. And Juwan's a great guy. The personality's there. He has the, the pink or red mohawk. Like, he, he's he's a dog. He was at the sideline. Him and Owens were throwing each other into water bottles and water jugs and Gatorade cups, whatever it was. Like, then I'm like, could I imagine calling third and Juwan, third and Benny? <laughs> uh, third and Benny out there, wow. Like, it was like, not the same ring, dude. It's like, I feel like at that point you have to get cut. Like, 
can't have you on my team named Benny Jennings. It doesn't sound right at all. Benny Jennings. That is weird. Benny Jennings for a touchdown. See, I'm, I'm glad that his 10-year-old brother overruled. Jawan Jennings, it, it rolls off the tongue much better than That might than be, Jennings. like, maybe all fathers should listen to their siblings and be like, hey, you know what? You name our kid. And Jawan was really good today. He was really good, yeah. Really clutch no catch Debo. after clutch catch. The third and 10 conversion in the fourth quarter. I think that led to the field goal, right? Not the touchdown. I think it led to the field goal. There was a drive in which we all said at the studio, that was a game-saving catch, then it was, oh, we the punt. <laughs> never, never mind. <laughs> it D- didn't matter. There were like five season-saving catches yes. in the fourth quarter. That for didn't the actually matter game. until the last drive. Yeah. <laughs> all right, let's go back out to the phone lines here on Overtime on 95.7 The Game. It's Grandy and Sterling with you. Up next is Steven in Martinez. What's up, Steven? You're on Overtime on 95.7 The Game. How you doing? Steven, you there? Going once, going twice. All right, goodbye, Steve. Oh, Steven, you there? Steve! Yeah, I'm here. Oh, hey, my God. What's yeah. up? Hey, sorry about that. I got a call while I was waiting on hold. Oh, no problem. Hey, um, thank you guys for, ta- thank you for taking my call. Um, you know, real quick, uh, you know, I've been a Niner fan since Keysar uh, Stadium days. You know, I'm from Sacramento, uh, living live in Martinez, but, um, you know, I watched a lot of 49er games. Uh, I kind of agree with the guy. I hate to say this. I kind of agree with the guy in Pacifica where, you know, I feel like Kyle Shanahan has too many um, shortcomings that he won't address, you know, like blind spots that he just won't address. So I'll just leave it at that. Um, You guys are too hard on Brock Purdy, and you're not mentioning at all the offensive line. The offensive line is one of the – lowest-rated um, pass-blocking offensive lines in the league this year. That's just the way it is. So when you talk about Purdy's performance and you don't um, mention the offensive line, I don't feel you guys are doing your homework and watching the game close enough. The offensive line has to protect. You look at Jordan Love. Jordan Love's offensive line protected him tonight. The 49ers hardly touched him. You act like Brock is playing one on one on eleven. He has to have protection. Every time he went back to plant his feet, the pass rush was right on top of him. So how does how does Shanahan mitigate that? He's got to run the football. He's got to run the football. I don't know how why he has that in his head. So my my last thing I want to say, I believe Shanahan needs to hire an offensive coordinator. He needs to hire a play caller would take that off his plate, or he needs a higher coach who's going to manage the clock at the, end of the, at the end of the half, at the end of the game. He can't do it all. He has, to, he has to delegate some of these duties. He keeps missing it. And I don't know what else to say, and that's all I have to say. And thank you very much. Yep. Thanks, Stephen. Appreciate the call. Uh, I think Stephen's definitely right about the offensive line. We've mentioned them briefly, haven't really talked about it specifically. They were, they were bad today. They were, I mean, Brock Purdy on almost every single drop back either had to evade pressure and, and leave the pocket or kind of hit as he's throwing the football. And there were a number of times he kind of had to step into throws and take a hit. And sometimes he delivered it accurately. Other times the pressure got to him and, and, and made the pass, you know, fall incomplete or maybe it was in danger of being intercepted. Uh, the offensive line did Brock Purdy no favors today. Steven is right. The O-line was bad. Yeah, and look, diving into that more, the fact that it has been well around like 22 with the highest ranking all year in pass blocking, 
Uh, I, I think it averaged around 26th in, in pass block win rate this year, so it's not been good all year, right? When it's not good, and you realize you have the number one rated run blocking right guard, you have Trent Williams, who is when you run left, probably the best run blocking left tackle in the entire league, it continues to raise the question, the head-scratching question of why wasn't CMC a factor in the game earlier more? We know how important he is, and and when you're when your offensive line is geared to run the football, yet you pass almost forty times. Had they given McCaffrey the ball, I don't know, twenty five times tonight, twenty eight times tonight, which that's a high number. I get that. You also have other running backs like Elijah Mitchell and Jordan Mason. It doesn't have to all be CMC. But because you get behind, you have to pass too much, you can only play Chris McCaffrey back there, it does in a way make your offense one-dimensional. Now again, you get the win, whatever. But if you're Kyle Shanahan, you know this offense better than anybody. He's not ever going to bring in another offensive coordinator. It's never going to happen. Ever. He'll have a pass game coordinator and a run game coordinator. He ain't getting another OC. Like He's the head coach, the OC, he's the end-all, be-all in San Francisco. That being said, it doesn't mean that you should not realize your strengths are running the football behind one of the highest-ranked run-blocking O-lines in the entire league. Yeah, and it, I think to our caller's point, Stephen had it. I, th- I forget uh, who the, the other caller's name was. I think he mentioned it first. Shanahan does seem to have some blind spots. Yeah. And for me, the biggest one is the, the clock management. Yeah. Either he's got a I don't know, take a take a hard look in the mirror and, and realize that that's where he has some shortcomings, or maybe you you hire a clock specialist, or you one of your many assistants who you trust is in charge of the clock and he's in your ear in the final few minutes of each half, like telling you how to play this because right. I mean you he's got so many things going through his mind. It's I'm sure it's way more difficult than it feels when we're on, we're watching from our couches, or even if we're at Levi's watching the game. Like he's got to worry about the plays he's going to call. If he's so many things that are going through his mind. You know, got Debo out there. Who's the replacement? I got to. Uh, is Jawan Jennings going to get this hand off? Like apparently that's something he's got to worry about right. now as well. Like I'm sure it's more difficult than it seems to us. So maybe you know he's got to relieve himself of some of those responsibilities. Take a little bit off your plate. Give to someone else you trust, and maybe that will help. Because I have, I have for a long time been frustrated by Kyle Shanahan's lack of aggressiveness on in moments like that, in the final two minutes of halves, on fourth downs when it's fourth and one, fourth and two, uh, going for it inside the red zone, trying to get touchdowns instead of field goals. Like there are areas where I feel like Shanahan is leaving some points on the field and leaving opportunities on the field. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink... What you'll wear on that third date. 
Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. So maybe there is a case to be made for for Kyle Shanahan delegating a few more of those responsibilities. But what do you do? Like... At that point, so... You call a damn timeout, Sterling. <laughs> Don't let 40 seconds off the clock. I think bringing in someone like Nick Vay has to pull him off the sideline, right? Like, hey, all, right, all right, Sean, bring it back, right? Deep breath. Like, you know, that feels like what Kyle needs, but I also know this. Shanahan is the biggest control freak in the entire NFL. Yes. Like, he's, it's part of what makes him so good. Right, and, and look, like... There are so or have been so many great play callers, whether it's a head coach, where they're a head coach and they called the defense. Bill Belichick called defenses for 20-plus years in New England, and it worked almost – it even worked this year for a large portion of the season. The offense stunk. I get that. He's gone for a reason, right? But, like, plenty of head coaches are defense and OCs as well. It's not like Kyle's going to, you know, change that. And if he has blind – like, I'm just thinking, what is the protocol there? So Kyle has a, a – Game clock management guy. Yeah, someone tells him timeout, and he says no. No, and then <laughs> and like, what is same that problem? I don't know. Like, what is that conversation? Like, Kyle, like, you didn't listen to blah blah blah. Like, well, yeah, I'm the head coach. Like, oh, well, I mean, you're right. <laughs> so, like, like, even if he was questioned about the media towards it, like, it's all going to come back to him saying, like, well, I'm the head coach. Get over it. And we're gonna say you're right, and you're still wrong at the same time. And we're gonna be back here in 20 years, like <laughs> Kyle's doing his thing again. Like, ugh, okay. It, just, it, it, the it easy, feels like a lost cause. The easy solution is, hey, Kyle, you were wrong. Uh, don't make that right. mistake again. Just go play some Madden, play some two-minute offense, and see how it goes. <laughs> Figure like, it out. Like, uh, uh, yeah, I'm with you. Kyle. There's there's no easy answer for sure. Uh, back to the phone lines we go on overtime here on 95.7 The Game. It's Grandy and Sterling with you, 888-957-9570. Up next is John in San Francisco. John, what's up? You're on overtime on 95.7 The Game. How you doing? Doing well. Uh, sorry about the voice. Uh, just got thrown out there. Not here to talk anything poorly about uh, Brock Purdy, right? I've dealt with Hoyer and Bethard and Mullins and Gabbard. <laughs> I'm not going to complain about Kyle Shanahan because I've dealt with Tom Sula and Kelly. But I think like the two themes from the game today were relief and frustration, right? Uh, this was a really wild roller coaster, and I'm just glad it didn't crash out. I'm appreciative that like we won a game that we probably shouldn't have. Uh, but the frustration is in the fact that, like, the, the effort just – they look flat, right? Uh, we understand the talent. We can't change that before next week. The effort, though, they just – the other team was more physical. In Cleveland against the Browns, they were more physical. Uh, 
the Ravens more physical. When it comes down to it, like you look at it and the, the effort looked poor, uh, the numbers, like just looking at the game, you see on defense, the, the Packers got six yellow helmets and a chip against four guys going wide. That, that felt really rough, like we're never going to generate pressure that way. And then one of their players called it out earlier in the week. They said, like, uh, we're just going to pressure pressure him, and uh, he'll make mistakes. And when you looked at it on uh, offense and defense, they kind of said, you're going to block with five, we're going to rush six. You're going to block with six, we'll rush seven. So that felt really uh, really strange in the fact that they said, yeah, you got all these skill players, but if you don't have time, you can't do much. Uh, and then, sorry about this, but to another caller that said something along the lines like, move Lenore somewhere, don't move him anywhere. He had a really amazing game. Don't move him to a place where he's going to fail and look bad. Let him keep doing what he's doing. Have him be a mini Dre Greenlaw out there, uh, roughing folks up. And, and I think that's what real, we really needed. Outside of that, like, uh, you know, they were just more physical, and uh, it looked really bad on the lines. Uh, on both sides, they rushed more than we could block. And uh, on the offensive line, they're just not good, right? Like, uh, when it comes down to it, Kyle treats his offensive line like he treats his quarterbacks. Like, they're just pieces of the puzzle. They're the mortar. They're not the bricks. And so if we had a better offensive line, we probably couldn't afford anybody else as far as our skill players. So when it comes down to it, I was really frustrated with the personnel more so than the play column and uh, the lack of physicality. We just we look like we didn't want to play football out there, and the other team looked like they're probably going to want to rough us up for the next few years, especially in the playoffs. Last thing, sorry about this. Uh, Third and long. I've heard a lot of people calling third and long is terrible. Yeah, it wasn't third and long. It was third and 10. There's a big difference between third and long and third and 10. And uh, when you're encountering third and 10, that's not a really great way to succeed or win games. Uh, I'll leave you all with that. Looking forward to your thoughts on just physicality and uh, the concept of just being super relieved yet frustrated at the same time here. Yeah, John, I think you hit the nail on the head. Uh, Relief, but frustration because the Niners should not have won this game and the season should be over. Uh, but you're relieved because it's not, and you have a chance to make things right now going forward. Uh, and I, I agree with you, John, about Diamondo Lenore. He was one of the few bright lights uh, tonight for the 49ers. The thought, I mean, I had the same thing. I, I mentioned it to Sterling and Chris and the guys during the during the game uh, when Ambry Thomas was getting beat time and time again. Do the 49ers, does Steve Wilkes and the Niners' defensive staff, do they consider – benching Ambry Thomas, moving Diamond Lenore to the outside, and bringing Isaiah Oliver in on the inside. The fact that that's even a question, that it was a thought, um, speaks to how poorly Ambry Thomas was playing because Isaiah Oliver, in his limited action this season, started as the starter in the slot, uh, was terrible. The fact that there was even a thought for any of us, even if it wasn't a thought on the Niners' sideline, the fact that that was in people's minds, myself included, it speaks to how poorly Ambry Thomas was playing. And, John, to, to talk about Diamond Lenore, that thought has nothing to do with Lenore. It has to do with getting someone else off the field and trying to survive and trying to find some answer. You're right that Lenore is playing great in the slot, and he was really good today. But one of your outside corners is playing that poorly. You got you, you can't just let that keep happening. At some point, you got to think about it, uh, ch- making a change. But do you risk potentially leaving yourself with two holes instead of one? Put Lenore back outside. Doesn't play well. Moving back inside again, like you like you can make a change. Sure, doesn't work out. How long do you give it? One no, half. I don't know. You give it a whole game. I don't know. At that point, it's too late. Like there is a risk of we have one hole right now. We can give him safety help majority of the time and kind of bandage that side of the field together and 
we know we're going to lose there sometimes, or do you risk creating two holes and all of a sudden a team like the Bucks or the Lions are like, we have so much to work with now. Um, when it comes to being physical, we talked for a long three hours on Christmas Day about Niners have a hard time with AFC North physicality. The Bengals, the Browns, the Ravens. Um, Handle the Steelers. Right, but that's week one. Different team at this point in the season, right? Uh, it does feel like that San Francisco that prides themselves on being physical, um, dare I say, to end the year have been out-physical a handful of times, or at least more than they'd like to admit. And I think for them, like, you playing the Bucks, we should be able to out-physical them. But Detroit, that literally has a head coach that has said, I want to bite your kneecap off. That has this blue collar. We're well, gonna punch you in the face. Both their their offensive and defensive lines are to die for. Yes, and when I see that potential matchup, which could easily occur next Sunday, uh, it does leave me a little worried. Okay, like was this the wake up call for San Francisco? And you get lucky, you get a redo next week, and you can bring it again 100. percent Or is there fear that they're an older team, a little worn down? This was a younger team today that did not know better, knew they weren't supposed to be here, and had nothing to lose. That's a dangerous team to play and a dangerous you know game to get into with the Packers team that, again, did nothing. Like, they were not supposed to be here. It was next year. Next year. Build the blocks now. Have the foundation set for next year. They came out there swinging. And San Francisco felt like they were backed in the corner being like, someone call a timeout. Like, we were not ready for this. Uh, my only hope is that because that's happened, now they can say, okay, like, took a few jabs, got an uppercut here or there, we survived. I'm surprised that there was the lack of, I guess, for lack of a better word, and what our caller's talking about when you're responding to is the physicality. Um, it almost felt like shying away, like... Do you remember after the three-game losing streak? Yeah. Then you got the bye, and then you go to Jacksonville on the road. Uh, really good team. At that at that point, one of the better teams in the AFC. Yeah, winning now, the AFC South at that point. They struggled incredibly in, in, badly to close the season. They missed the playoffs <laughs> entirely. The Niners like kind of were the beginning of the yeah. end for the Jaguars there. Um, but the Niners came out, and they just punched them in the mouth. They swarmed. Everywhere. Everywhere. And that was Chase Young's first game, and there was all the energy, and and, and it was Fred Warner after the game saying, all right, we learned our lesson. Right. We learned our lesson. And so for me, and I said it earlier in the day, and I was on the air from 12 to 3 leading up to the game, uh, I said the Niners' season has gone in cycles. You begin the season, dominant, 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 dominant like five straight wins. You yeah. had a 42 to 10 win over the Cowboys, right? Like you were incredibly dominant. And then you kind of hit a lull. You, you play some tougher, more physical teams. You lose three games in a row. And then you have the bye, and you come back out, and you're dominant again, dominating dominating teams. The Jacksonville win that we're talking about, uh, a couple of wins against the Seahawks, the dominant win in Philadelphia over the Eagles. And then after you, know, you play like six, seven games in a row, you start kind of getting physically worn down again. And then the Ravens come in, and they beat you. The Commanders probably was a little bit closer than people would have hoped for. The Rams game is whatever. You lost, but what that doesn't matter. 
so as a result, I felt like the Niners coming off of a bye, kind of coming off of two buys almost, were going to come out with the same kind of physicality that they did against the, the Jaguars because that had been the rhythm, the pattern that they had kind of established up to this point in the season. So I was shocked that it didn't feel that way. And right. Maybe some of it is the rest versus rust, and it just takes you a second to get back into it. And if, okay, things turn in the second quarter, then maybe that would be the case. Mm-hmm. But this was an issue through like three and a half quarters yeah. where you weren't willing to meet the Rams' physicality. So if there's maybe one thing that worries me more than just like player X, Y, and Z were bad today, it is a team-wide, maybe aside from Greenlaw, Warner, and Lenore, and, and McCaffrey, and Kittle at times, aside from those guys, a team-wide willingness to just be the – the meaner, meaner team on the field. Normally the Niners are that team, but they were not today. San Francisco has always prided themselves on the trenches. We're going to build from the trenches out on offense and defense. We're going to have these Titans, Bosa, Young, Hargrave, Armstead. They spent elite-level money, premier money, to add to what was supposed to be an already elite unit. They bring in Javon Hargrave. To be physical, to they, give them ten and a half sacks, and it feels like they trade for Chase Young, exactly, and Gregory, who played most of the game tonight for them. Yeah. It feels like that. I don't want to question the mentality, but at a certain point, you have to wonder: like, you can want to bring it, maybe you just can't. Like Nick Bosa coming into tonight had eight career playoff sacks, and you can credit Green Bay. Love out of the pocket, you know, his maneuverability in the pocket, extending plays, uh, knowing when to get rid of the ball on time. And you can go, okay, like Green Bay did their job, but the reality is it felt like only two players, maybe three, brought that physicality all day on defense. And on offense, Trent Williams, yes. McCaffrey, yes. Outside of that, Juwan, yes. But like, yeah, Juwan's a good call. You can't have three of 11 do a job on both sides. And say, oh, it's a win. Great. No, you have to have everybody. You can have one player have an off day and survive if you're lucky. That was Ambry Thomas tonight. But you play the Lions, the Bucks. If you go to the Super Bowl, Chiefs, Ravens, Bills, whoever it is, um, they're going to laugh at you. Because all those teams, whether it's the Bills who are riding high right now, the Ravens, who just stomped the Texans' horns right in the ground in Baltimore to today, like they're going to look at you and say, you cannot meet us at the peak of where you need to be physically. And if you can't do that, you don't belong fighting for a championship. Uh, this was a massive test. Again, a young team who's healthy, ready to go, riding high. They beat Dallas last week. Uh, the Packers came in knowing they were underdogs and wanted to make a point and prove a point to the entire world saying, hey, we are here, we are going to make a statement, and we are here to stay. They lost the game. They should have won the game. By all intents and purposes, in actuality, they were the more physically impressive team from the beginning of the game to the end of the game. They just happened to make two critical mistakes, a missed goal and an interception. That's all that mattered for Green Bay. Like, San Francisco should have lost this game, and right now we should all be sitting here being like, season's over with. You have to bring it. Like, I don't know if it's because Debo was hurt. Like, and if that's the excuse, oh, Debo gets hurt, well, you know, physicality, gone, out the window. That is, that cannot happen for a team like this. 
if Debo's the excuse, that's inexcusable. <laughs> and you have all pros everywhere, and you lose one player, and all of a sudden it's like, we don't know how to function? That is ridiculous. Yeah, no, and there are... This was a game that you put this performance out there, and like if you're watching the tape back and you don't have the score bug in the top left corner, you don't know what the score is, you have no clue what's going on, you're just watching play by play by play by play. Uh, you get to the end of the game, and you have you have no semblance of what the score was. Like You feel like Green Bay won by like 17 points. Like, yeah. honestly, if you, if you took away the two interceptions and – and obviously, those are big plays. But like this was a play where ninety percent of the time Green Bay had the positive result on that play, yeah. but the other ten percent were big swings in the Niners' favor. The two interceptions, the fourth fourth and one stop the Niners got. Maybe shout out to the refs. The Niners might have helped, or the Niners might have been helped there by the refs in a bad spot. Uh, the missed field goal, those two interceptions, Jake Moody making a field goal, like. The big moments, the big swings went the Niners' way, and you got to credit the Niners for that. You need those big plays, and generally speaking, the teams that make those big plays win games. The teams that win the turnover battle in the postseason win games. Like I was coming into this game feeling like the only way the Packers had a chance uh, was to force two turnovers or more. Yeah. They didn't force any, and they still probably should have won this game. Like yeah. that's That's where the Niners were kind of – Failing, I suppose. I think that's a fair word for it. The Niners were failing at most of the other aspects of this game. In a game where you won the turnover battle by two, you feel like you skated by and you got lucky. Yeah. It it speaks to the fact that the Packers were in control of this game in almost every other aspect. Honestly, it felt like San Francisco lacked desperation. And that's a good way to put it. I agree. Like in the playoffs, it felt like a regular season game, right? Where it's like, hey, like you you cannot take drives or plays off. Like if you're down by six, you need to score seven. If you're up by one, you need to make it eight. And it felt like they were just like playing with their food, but it like in the same breath, you're also losing. <laughs> like. You're playing from behind almost the entirety of the game, or at least tied for the entirety of the game, and it felt like they were just kind of waiting and waiting and waiting and saying, okay, now we want to play. And in a playoff game like this, it's like, hey, like, you don't have a guaranteed 12 drives. You don't have a guaranteed two drives left with six minutes on the clock. You have to score now. And they did, and they won. But I want to see the desperation of a fourth quarter, six-minute drill every single drive. Because Detroit, they'll have that. The Bucks, if the Bucks win next week, <laughs> they are going to be playing with house money, knowing they have absolutely nothing to lose. You cannot give them a chance. We watched Green Bay put up 27 points in one half against Dallas. And now we all knew that wasn't going to happen in this game against this defense, but it was like the Niners were like, oh, okay, like we didn't watch that game at all. That we didn't think anything of what the Packers did against Dallas. And for San Francisco, show me some desperation. Especially when your receiver number one doesn't play and gets hurt. If that doesn't you know, flip the switch of, hey, we have to get aggressive and desperate now, what will? What will? Being down 20? At that point, it's too late. The season's over with. 
you need to have some desperation. Yeah, and what we need to attach to all of these comments and this kind of conversation is thank whatever being you believe in, whatever God you pray to, that you have a next week because now you have a chance to make things right. Uh, and whether it is the Lions or whether it is the Bucks, whatever it is, the Niners still earned a win. You 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 escaped with a victory, uh, and now you got a chance to prove that today, uh, whatever you want to call it, you're lucky to come out with the win. You you feel like you you got outplayed for a majority of the game, but you made the plays down the stretch. However you want to describe it, uh, you now have a chance to prove that today's performance, even though it so was a win, uh, was just a fluke. And I think if if the Niners have shown us anything in the course of this season it is that I think Brock Purdy specifically but the team as a whole they do have an ability to to look back watch the tape realize what went wrong where it went wrong how to adjust and how and all NFL teams to a certain degree do it but going back to what or what Fred Warner said we learned our lesson Brock Purdy after his multi-turnover games and today wasn't one of them but easily could have been um it does feel like they respond and bounce back to performances like this, issues like this, in a positive way. However, I am a little bit concerned that that was necessary today, given everything that was on the line for the team. I mean, everything has been going and bouncing the Niners' way. You lose to the Ravens, and you're feeling like, uh-oh, now we have to win our final two games to yeah. go to get the number one seed and earn this bye, which we desperately need because McCaffrey banged up, Armstead banged up, Greenlaw banged up, everyone banged up, right? Uh, and then you kind of get a gift, a gift from the heavens. The Cardinals beat the Eagles, <laughs> and you lock up the one seed, don't need to play in Week 18. And then while you're sitting at home watching the playoffs from your couch, yeah. the Eagles lose and the Cowboys lose. You've got the Packers coming to town. And the Rams lose. And the, and the Rams lose. The only thing standing between you and a Super Bowl appearance, the Packers and then either the, the Lions or the Bucks. Like, everything is falling the 49ers' way, and I just – I would have – I would have felt a lot more comfortable with a bigger, easier win. But just when it comes to the mindset of the 49ers, I would have felt I, I would sleep a lot easier tonight if there was a little bit more of that. You're right, the desperation, because yeah. that was what was missing. Without that, it kind of felt like, oh, we can sleepwalk through part of this game and we'll be fine because we're just that much more talented than this team, which is the lesson that they should have learned in the first place. And it also makes you lose a little confidence in how far this team can actually go. Like, in a weird way, yes, you won, but there's no way you don't leave this game being like, can we beat Detroit? Like, if we have to play Baltimore again? Like, doubt starts to creep in. And I was someone who said, like, you have a week off, you watch all these teams play, you can buy into the idea of, like, can we beat Green Bay? or the Rams, like you're watching all these good teams play, you start to, after not seeing your starters play for two weeks, like you start to ask yourself, like these teams are playing well, like, and you start to forget how good your team actually is. Then you watch them play this way, and you're like, I want to believe. <laughs> I want to buy into everything they're selling, and if Debo Samuel's out against whoever they're playing on Sunday next week in the NFC title, uh, that's a big loss, and that might end a season. Now, again, you got the win tonight. There's some grit there. Anything can happen. This game was not supposed to be this close. And for a team like this, you leave tonight happy with the win, 
but you do start to wonder. You know that you got away with one. Yeah. You got away with one. And if you don't feel that way, then I want whatever you're smoking. <laughs> because, like, I'm leaving yeah, tonight. They need to feel that way. They, and I, I guarantee right, you they do. Exactly. They like, feel that way. There's, like, Brock Purdy should leave tonight saying, I almost threw two picks in the biggest game of the season. That cannot happen again. Ayuk, I dropped the pass in the biggest game of the season. Kittle, right to him. Yeah, that And was you're a like, George. He turned his head trying to... <sighs> Find where man. the defender was coming from. He's about to get laid out. Which, like, dude, take a hit, brother. You're a big man. You're a big dog. Like, you can afford to get hit. Like, you're going to be fine. Claire's going to still love you, my friend. <laughs> I will still love you. Like, we're all going to love you still. Uh, but I want San Francisco, if like, if I was sending a message to them, I want you to go home and realize you were this close, an inch, a centimeter away from your season being over. Feel that desperation. Feel yep. that you were on the brink of elimination. All the talk of we have to get the one seed and our main goal was going to the Super Bowl. All of that came crashing down and was an inch away from ending because you didn't come to play today. And you got lucky. I hate saying that. I love this team so much. They were so good all year. 12 wins. Crushed teams. Won every game by almost 10 plus points. They're that good. They can come back next week and crush whoever they're playing. They can put up 45 next week. Does not matter who they're playing. That's how good this team exactly. is. Exactly. Which is what makes this You're game right. so frustrating. <laughs> right. Because you know what the ceiling is. Exactly. And we'll all say, that is the San Francisco 49ers I know, that we know. Today it was like, I don't know who this is. I don't know who's in the field, but that is not the Niners. And they have holes. Every team does. But tonight felt like they were a little a, a little more vulnerable than we've seen them all year long. And you escape with the win. You get lucky. You just have to go home and realize that, hey, folks, like, hey, boys, <laughs> like, uh, let's make sure that never happens again. I'm sure that's what the conversation was in the locker room. I'm sure that's what Kyle Shanahan said. There are a lot of F-bombs, I'm assuming. Now, maybe <laughs> some of that was directed at Kyle himself as well. <laughs> he, he, I think Kyle is self-aware enough yeah. to like go in there and say hey we none of us were our best myself included like, yeah. I'm, I'm sure that's how he started his, his post-game speech or whatever you want to call it before he brought the team in and celebrated the win like I think that there is enough self-awareness there uh for everyone to realize that basically no one was at their best tonight and I I think you're right I think that is a way for the 49ers to to kind of self-motivate going forward as they prepare for the NFC Championship game. All right, let's go back to the phone lines here on overtime on 95.7 The Game. Greg has been holding out uh, and on holding patiently with us. Greg from San Leandro, you're on overtime here on 95.7 The Game. Greg, how you doing? Uh, I'm doing good. How you guys doing? Oh, uh, you know, feeling all right. Niners survived. Yeah, and, surviving. And we're trying to deal with our emotions here. What about you? Well, look, a few callers ago, Stephen hit the nail squarely on the head about this Swiss cheese offensive line we have. But the crazy thing about what Stephen said about the O-line is this is nothing new. This just didn't start up this season. You could go back four or five. When we go into the championship game, we go with Swiss cheese O-line. But, however, I want to say that uh, I believe that there is one reason we won the game tonight. One person. One reason. You know who that person is? Who is it? That would be the Green Bay field goal kicker. <laughs> I think that the, de 
the offense, the defense, and the special teams should chip in and send the Green Bay field goal kicker a big fat check. Otherwise, we in overtime. And 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 I want to give kudos to the defense because they 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 held them to two field goals in the first half. However, defense, you got to get off the field on third down. You got to get well, where did the defense rank in the regular season on third down? You got to get off the field on third down, third and long. You got to get off the field. Yeah, Greg, I'm with you, Greg. I mean, the Packers were 7 of 13 on third down. A lot of those conversions happened in the first half. The defense was a little bit better in the second half. The Niners themselves actually were 10 of 16 on third down, and a lot of them were third and longs, which is kind of unique for the Steiner offense. felt like every drive had about three third downs in it. They don't get in many third and long situations, and when they do, they're bad at it. Uh, (laughs) Both of those were reversed today. They got in a lot of them, and they converted a lot of them. Green Bay was good at their own right. I think they converted like three third downs on their first drive of the game. One of them might technically not count because it was on the the DPI against Ambry Thomas. Uh, There was another DPI on Thomas that cost the Niners another third down. It it gave the Packers a first down on third down. Um, Yeah, I mean, the O-line struggled, and the defense, I mean, it's like the classic bend but don't break. Like That's what they were. I mean, they gave up how many yards? 330 yards. That's not a terrible number. The Niners outgained the Packers by 26 yards. The Packers, though, averaged 5.3 yards per play. Like, the Packers moved the ball. Yeah. The Niners won this game in the red zone on the defensive side of the ball. If I'm any NFC team, the Packers are no longer, oh, Aaron Rodgers isn't there. It's no, Jordan Love's there now. Like, not to say I'm scared of them he going forward. So but like calm and poised. LaFleur and, weirdly enough, Joe Barry in that defense, like, they had things working today. And, like, I know we talked Niners – all week we'll do it all this week too and, and, and all, all night but the Packers look like a really good really young team that if you're a Packer fan if you're a cheesehead like you should be really proud of your team like I, I know you lost but you knocked off the number two seed and had the number one seeded team on the brink yep like this season was not meant to be what it became but kudos to Green Bay like they were really good and if I'm the NFC uh, you have another young up-and-coming maybe superstar quarterback waiting in the wings if he can finally put it all together next year it's not fair man Favre to Rodgers to Jordan Love it's not fair you you gotta you gotta share they even had Matt Flynn doing games playing well like my goodness Green Bay in their quarterbacks oh it's not fair bring back Scott Tolzian put him out there (laughs) Jesus man go give me Brett Hundley oh shout out UCLA Brett Hundley go Bruins go Bruins yeah can't be go go Ducks and go Bruins uh Deshaun Kaiser Remember him? Wasn't Notre, he a Packer for Notre a little bit? Dame, baby. He was a Packer, right? Browns quarterback. Yeah, he was a Packer. Yeah. All right. Yikes. We got to hit a break. We got one more segment for you. Normally, we end at 11, but guess what, Faithful? It's the postseason, so we're going to keep this it's party going. Overtime on Overtime. Yeah, extra time here on Overtime. Extra time. Extra time. That's, that's soccer? more of a soccer, soccer thing. Yeah. yeah. Whatever. All right, we got to hit a break. <laughs> we'll come back. We got a little bit more to get to. We got to hand out our game balls as we always do to close things up. Uh, we want to hear from you guys. Give us a call 888-957-9570. The Niners survive and advance. Final score 24 to 21. More overtime on overtime next. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. 
I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. So 95-7 the game. Realistically, need at least 25 yards. Love. Pressure up the middle. Runs away. Throws across his body. And that is picked. 49ers have it. Greenlaw. Still up. He needs to get down. Greenlaw still on his feet. He's got to go down. Just go down and the game's over. San Francisco takes over. Now back to Overtime with Sterling Bennett and Mark Grandy on 95.7 The Game. Courtesy of Fox, Kevin Burkhardt and Greg Olson freaking out. Greenlock, go get down! down! Get down! (laughs) (laughs) We were all thinking it. All Niner fans at that moment. Everybody was thinking it. I mean, we were running around the room. Yeah, I'm surprised he didn't break anything here, honestly. (laughs) We'll do a... We'll check on everything before we leave. I, I did kick a wall. Yeah, during I don't the really game, know what you were doing. I there. was like doing the karate, like that was on the Kittle touchdown. You just ran up to the wall and decided to kick it. Well, I was high five, and then I was like, you know what? It's not enough. And I, then you I complained about your foot hurting for the rest of the game. It was hurting for a good like hour afterwards. <laughs> Maybe it was the anguish I was in watching the game itself, but uh, the the wall kick never a good choice. Yeah, but the Dre Greenlaw interception, his second of the game, second of the second half, uh, that that sealed it. That won the game for the 49ers. The final score, 24-21. to Niners over the Packers. The Niners knock off the seven seed. The one seed survives. And the Niners on to the NFC Championship game for the third consecutive season. The fourth in their last five years. I think Niner fans kind of have a, a love-hate relationship with that statistic because yeah. it's great being in the NFC Championship game. Like how many teams can say, I've been to three straight conference championship games yeah. four of, in five years like that is impressive but you don't have a super bowl to show for it right yeah like it's a love-hate relationship like the the success that this franchise has had there are few nfl teams that consistently win games in the playoffs year in and year out it's mm-hmm. not easy to do every time the niners have been to the playoffs in the shanahan era they've won two playoff games <laughs> like that does not happen it doesn't happen, and the Niners have a chance to do it again next Sunday. If they do that, they'll go on to the Super Bowl. They're second in the Shanahan era. 
But at some point, you you Dude, gotta you gotta turn win. it into a Lombardi. If we don't win this year, uh, I, I might kick every single wall in my entire house. Like, I I will admit when they lost to the Ravens, I cried. I was like that broken up about it. Oh, in the Super Bowl. I thought yeah. you meant on Christmas. No, 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 I was no, like, no. wait, this what? This year I was like. I was here with you. I don't remember that. <laughs> I, I was wiping my tears with the bread I had back here, the whole loaf of bread. <laughs> uh, but no, like when they lost to the Ravens, you know, the Crabtree fade in the back of the end zone. No, it doesn't get it. Ravens give, win. Give the ball to Frank Gore. Dude, give it to him four times. We were the Marshawn Lynch, Pete Carroll before it was actually a thing. Like, oh my goodness. But when we lost that game, I cried. And my mother had to console me because I was so upset. I was like, we were right there. Oh, my goodness, good thing happened. When 2019 happened, it was my first year working here. And I was so angry. I had to come in that night and work the postgame show. Oh. I, I was like, I don't want to be here. I'm so angry right now. Kyle Shanahan this, Kyle Shanahan that. And I'm watching this team. And if we don't win this year, after all the heartbreak of being so close, I am so tired of hearing the names Joe Montana and Steve Young and going, look how great they were. Look how many Super Bowls they won. Cool. I want one of those. I got to watch my Giants win three World Series in five years. And I am like about to blow a gasket if this team doesn't (laughs) win. They are too good to not win. They have not won a Super Bowl in our lifetime, Sterling. You're in my lifetime. Like that, I mean, we're kind of aging ourselves. Yeah, but still. 27 years old, both of us, right? Yeah, exactly. Like, this is one of the most historic franchises in the NFL, and they have not won a Super Bowl in approaching three decades. Yeah. And they've been close, at least right there. So twice. many times. And could Ugh. have gone to a handful of more Super Bowls. Like, it's time. It is time. It feels like. I feel like I'm the Chicago Cubs fan that watched my team lose for 106 straight years. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, Chris Bryant throws from third base to first base. Oh, they win. They win the World Series. And I'm like, wow, I want to feel that for the San Francisco 49ers. Like, I feel like I've been through a lifetime of losing with this team. And I'm only 27. <laughs> like, my heart has been broken over and over and over again. And, and all that to say, um, had we lost tonight, like, we're, we're celebrating, having a good time. Like, if that all came crumbling down tonight, there would have been, the mics would have been all red, just yelling the whole night. Like, you gotta be kidding me! You gotta be, this is going off. Because I, I could not contain sitting in the studio saying, are we going to lose to the number seven seeded Green Bay Packers in the first round of the playoffs? And you have to give them credit. Green Bay played a good game. And San Francisco just honestly said, we're better than you barely tonight. And if that's what it takes, if I have to be angry and kick walls to win a Super Bowl, I will kick every wall in the United States of America. Oh, you don't want to be a wall around Sterling. No, I'm angry. It's a bad day to be a wall. I'm the Kool-Aid man for walls. Just, oh, yeah, boom, <laughs> right into the wall. I want a Super Bowl that bad. I am tired of hearing stories of winning. I want to win. Yep. Which, I want to win. Which is what made tonight so scary. Uh, and l- let's hear a little bit from Kyle Shanahan about the struggles early because y- y- you want to find a reason for it. You want to figure out why it was this 
stop and go, ugly, offense and no rhythm, defense allowing chunks to Aaron Jones every time he touched the ball. Like, what was the issue? Because this felt like kind of a tailor-made Niners path to victory, going to the Super Bowl. Like, this felt like, and I know there's a reason why you play the football games. You don't determine a winner on paper, but this felt like a game that the Niners should be able to handle. So Kyle Shanahan, uh, what happened in this game? How do you explain the issues early on? Here's the head coach. I mean, I think what you just said there, I think was almost the story of kind of our whole team. I think there was times that we were all off at times. And what was cool, I thought everyone who had a few plays that stuck out that, you know, either ended a drive or was why I didn't get a first down. The same thing on defense, even on special teams, but everyone, who did do that stuff made a huge play at the end and all three phases to get us back into it. And Brock, you know, he made some big plays in this game, missed a couple, but leading us down on that last drive and getting the win, that's all you can ask for. One more from Kyle Shanahan asked about more about that part of the end, the, the fighting back and making the plays when it mattered most, speaking to his team's character. We just want to play our best football, you know, do everything we can to play our best. So we feel we can win every game when we do that. We don't feel like we did that today, um, but we still found a way to win, which I'm very proud of the guys in there. I thought that was as big of a mental challenge and just a character game as any game I've been a part of. I mean, when things aren't going how you want on offense, defense, special teams, you know, the rain, guys slipping a lot, you know, losing Debo early, um, having to change some things with that, and just some of the mistakes we made to overcome. Like, it was a gut check for everybody, and couldn't be more proud of the people in there and just how they persevere. I think... I think that's a good point by Shanahan. This was a gut check game, and it, it kind of shows the team's character. It's what we were talking about earlier. Um, are you able to just find a way to win when you're not at your best? Uh, and the Niners in the playoffs hadn't done that up until tonight. Like they, they haven't, at least in the Shanahan era. When they haven't played their best games, they've lost. Now, to their credit, they've played their best games kind of often in the playoffs, honestly. Like you know, the Super Bowl loss and the NFC Championship game losses, but, like, in the wild card rounds, in the divisional rounds, like, you play your ass off and you win those games. Um, so this is kind of a, a new kind of win for the Niners in the playoffs. They haven't really had one of these before. I guess maybe you could point to uh, two years ago in Lambeau against the Packers where that was kind of a slugfest, but the Packers were, were the one seed, right? Like, they were the best team left. They were the Niners in this equation tonight. Like, that's different. You went in Dallas the week before that game in Green Bay. Uh, I don't know if the Niners were favored in that game, but you were on the road in Jerry World. Like, this is a new kind of game where you're dealing with the pressure of being a 10-point favorite, trailing for, like, almost the entire second half, having to come back from down uh, 7 points or 10 points or whatever it was, uh, going into the fourth quarter, that's a new experience for this era of Niners football in the playoffs. And I think that right there might be the silver lining here. Like, you did something you haven't done all year long. You proved to the entire world, and maybe even yourself, that you can come back being down seven. You can come from behind. You have a quarterback that when things don't go his way, when the offensive system that is the best in the entire league, maybe, isn't working to its full potential, they can get things done. And you know, that's been a big knock on the offense and the entire team. Like, when things go awry, can you survive? And I think for a fan base that I'm sure is happy, I'm sure they're drinking beer and popping champagne, <laughs> having a good time tonight, you got to win. But with there also being some doubt involved in that, 
you have to be a little encouraged, despite some doubt and some worry, that, hey, if things don't go our way, we can actually win games now. All year long, things have gone your way 12 times, and you've won handily in all of those games. And even some of the games you lost, maybe you should have won, right? Now it's like, hey, you were not supposed to win this game based on what was happening in between the white lines. You should have not won this game for the first time all year long, and you did. That, to me, albeit, again, very scary win, if we're going to look at positives, that is the biggest one I can take away from the game. Yeah, I agree. I agree with you 100%. And uh, the Niners get a second chance, and they're not going to have a third because you play like this again. The better team that you're going to play next week and in the Super Bowl or whenever it does come uh, is not going to let you get away with a performance like this. So this, you, you feel like, why do you need this kind of wake-up call? But this feels like a, a bit of a wake-up call for the 49ers. Uh, Brock Purdy uh, was asked about what maybe changed for the offense, what clicked going into that final drive when you got into the end zone to take the lead after all of the struggles you had uh, through the first three-plus quarters on the offensive side of the football. Here's the quarterback, Brock Purdy, on what changed for the 49ers offense. At the end of the day, I think I was just able to go through progressions and get to the check down efficiently and, and move the chains and, and stay up rather than get behind. Obviously, we got to a third down. B.A. was clutch on it and made a great play, and you need that throughout a drive. But, you know, I think early on in the game, there was just moments where, you know, the check down was there and, and I'm missing, I was missing the check downs. And so their defense did a good job with playing soft, you know, keeping everything in front of them, sort of taking away our shots and stuff. And as a quarterback, man, you got to be efficient and, and hit the check downs. And so at the end, I was able to do that. Um, O-line did a great job. Boys did a great job in getting open, and we found a way. So, something caught your attention there, Sterling. I don't like how many times he said I had to hit the check down. You, you, like, I get it. There were some easy clunkers that you're just like, dude, like, how do you miss your check down? But you were not just missing check downs. You were missing open receivers 15 yards downfield, 20 yards downfield, throwing into holes where it's your guy and three Packers, and you're like, okay, that's not a check down, Brock. Like, you're missing chunk plays here. Plays that'll make it a, you know, it's third and ten. It'll give you a first down in their territory or get you to midfield. Um, also, like, we shouldn't be trying to target checkdowns so much. <laughs> like, I get that's not exactly what he's saying. He's saying, I missed easy throws that I should have made in this game, uh, which includes a handful of checkdown throws in which he missed. But, Brock, if you want to win the championship, and he knows this, you cannot just hit checkdown after checkdown. That's what the other guy that was here, the reason why he's no longer here. Like, if you're Brock Purdy, the takeaway shouldn't be, why well, miss checkdowns. No, no, no. You miss everybody. <laughs> like, all night long until that fourth quarter. He threw some dirt balls. A lot. A lot. <laughs> and you're just like, you are skipping balls where nobody's around the receiver. Yeah. Easy throws. Not like difficult throws 30 yards down the field. Now, right. He made some nice ones. Yes. Um, but it's not like the throws that we're talking about, they're gimme throws. Yes. And he missed them badly, badly. And I'm maybe behind guys, above guys, he, below guys. He came out pregame warmups, was not wearing a glove. You know, it wasn't really raining much pregame. Then right. the rain started and he began the game with a glove on. Then he ditched it after the first drive. Which like, he had never worn a glove outside of his college years, which was in Iowa, so of course it snows and rains a lot, but 
Why are you trying it new just, things now? It felt weird from the like, from the get go. You got Benny Jennings in the backfield. <laughs> Purdy's trying on gloves when he shouldn't, and you're like, this play your game. Like, I know rain can take you out of your element. Weirdly enough, the elements can take you out of your element, but sometimes sticking to your like sticking to what you do best, whether it's Kyle Shanahan running the ball, your routine, like all the talk of last week was like they have not broken the routine. And because it rains, you want to try new things. Like playing baseball for a long time like I did, uh, you have a routine. You do things that work for you. You try a new thing, doesn't work, what do you do? We're right back to the routine. It felt like San Francisco was trying so many different things. Checkdowns, Juwan in the backfield, McLeod's out there, Chris Conley's making plays today, which Chris Conley was on the catch. field for a number of big moments tonight. And, and, and pulled an amazing catch towards the end of this game. Great job for him. But, like, Debo gets hurt. Like, everything's kind of, like, spiraling out of control and San Francisco's grasping at straws trying to fix it. And it felt like they finally kind of pulled it together enough at the end and you're just hoping that next week it's like, okay, like, storm is weathered, the sun's yeah. out, everything's okay, but, uh, hey, Brock, let's make sure we're not just hitting checkdowns. Yeah, I mean, one of the, the topics that we've been talking about a lot is rest versus rust, and I think a reason for confidence, it, it goes along with the point you're saying there, Sterling, is, all right, a little bit rusty today, you got your sea legs back, and you survived, now you're ready, full go, you, you still feel healthy you're a little more well rested than the lions or the bucks whoever you play because you've only played one game over the last like 20 days right. while you know the, the the bucks and the rams or the bucks and the lions have had to fight through the end of the regular season and now two weeks of postseason football um that was a conversation in kyle shanahan despite denying it all all week leading up to this game like no rest versus rust like the rest is super important and we're not denying that but there's a, a line where maybe you get a little bit rusty and you're hurting yourself at least early in a playoff game Kyle Shanahan was then asked that same question after the game uh, and here's how he answered after the Niners narrowly escaped with a win over the Packers I don't know could have been that could have been the rain could be good defense could be but I mean those are just stuff that you got to talk about I thought we handled that as good as we could I mean we we had a hard practice that week we played guys as much as we could I know we sat Brock but and there's not much I would have done differently so Kyle do you think it had an impact I don't know could have been a bunch of things how about you just didn't play well say that like yeah there was some rust despite the maybe rust we didn't play well in fact we played a losing brand of football for three quarters. Say that. Like, it's okay to admit you didn't play well for three and a half quarters. And you figured it out. Cool. Like, just say you didn't play well. That's fine. Yeah. We know it. <laughs> no one watched it's the game. very said, obvious. Like, wow, the Niners look pretty good tonight. <laughs> Everyone was like, oh, my God. Do you see how bad they look? This, this is the one, the one seed? seed? <laughs> like, man. Like, uh, oh. Just say you're bad, Kyle. It's fine. Uh, it's okay. They didn't have to adjust to losing Debo Samuel, yeah. and that obviously proved to be an issue just because you're losing one of your, your best weapons. It also proved to be an issue because uh, now you have Juwan Jennings taking handoffs in the backfield. Benny and the Jets! <laughs> but Kyle Shanahan was asked about having to adjust for Debo Samuel uh, missing most of this football game tonight. 
it changes a lot of stuff. I mean, especially when you, when you have wristbands and things like that. And, you know, you just got to switch some guys around, which is always a challenge for those guys. It happened during the Cleveland game, and we didn't handle it that well. I uh, thought we handled it better today than we did then, but it is a huge challenge. I mean, Debo's obviously one of our better players, but he also is a unique guy that goes to some certain spots. So you got you to be adjusting that all game. And the update post game from Kyle Shanahan about Debo Samuel is no update. Yeah. So keep an eye on that for maybe tomorrow. Most likely Monday would be my guess. We'll get an update from uh, from the Niners about Debo Samuel. Uh, but they need him back. Is that a good thing though? Like I I know it's you what a good thing. Debo no update. Like you asked earlier. Like is that the X rays are negative? Like well, generally if it's a broken bone, they got an X ray machine back there. Yeah. Like I'm sure he was in it during so the it, game. It seems like it's not a broken bone. Which is good. So the reason they don't have an update is it's not a broken bone, but they're so, waiting on the results of an MRI, which they can't take immediately like, after the it's game. It's a ligament or a tendon? That would be my guess. But, like, I'm not it's a It's good that it's not a broken bone. Right. But, but I mean, it's like a pinch there are bone? major injuries that do not involve broken bones. Right. And, you know, you hope Debo can play. Like, it would be horribly ironic if – we all talked, oh, we're healthy, we have a bye week, starters don't play week 18, and the first 10 plays of the game, Debo gets hurt and can't play. Like, that would be horribly ironic, where you're just like, Jesus, like, can we catch a break, but what, please? What good was the bye week? Right, like, like, you didn't even need it, like, just go ahead and play the game, but, I don't know, like, yeah. if they, uh, dude, if Debo can't, like, there was a genuine fear if Debo Samuel can't play, that San Francisco may have no juice. I'm not talking use check. I'm talking legit energy. And, like, that's no excuse, in my opinion. But if Debo can't play, and you're telling me it's Ayuk, who was non-existent for almost four quarters in this game, almost the whole big game. Big catch in the fourth, though. Right. like couple can, of big ones. When it mattered, he was there, like State Farm, right? Three catches, 32 yards. I think two of them were on those two scoring drives at the end. Yeah, and, like... Ayuk, all pro, second team for a reason, right? This team's leading target getter, I believe, and leading yard getter, I believe. Yep. Like, he, by all intents and purposes, is a number one receiver. But in every game Debo's not been there, Ayuk has also not been there. I don't want to go into the NFC Championship game with maybe a non-existent Brandon Ayuk, Juwan Jennings, and Ray Ray McLeod, and maybe Ronnie Bell and Chris Conley. Like, that, that is horrifying. To think of. Yeah, it's not good. Uh, Purdy on that catch by Ayuk on that final drive that helped them move the chains on third down. Yeah, I saw it was man. I saw that, you know, the middle of the field was open, and that's where he was going. He did a great job of getting inside leverage and making his break. Obviously, it was tight coverage, and, you know, for me, it was like, I just try to put it out in front of him and have it just be him be able to get it, and he did. He did a great job of getting underneath it and not let the ball hit the ground. So, you know, B.A.'s baller, man. Proud of him. Yeah, great play. He stepped up, kind of like Purdy. He stepped up when the moment was at at its biggest, and uh, the, the Niners don't win this game without that catch by Brandon Ayuk uh, and without Brock Purdy going what? What was it, 6 for 7 on yep. the final drive? 6 for 7, 47 yards, 2 carries, and 11 yards on the ground. Pretty good. Pretty good final drive for oh, Brock Purdy after it, Pretty good. Pretty good. Hey. After it was uh, pretty ugly oh. through the first three. I mean, I got to do that, right? <laughs> 
<laughs> through the first three plus quarters for Brock Purdy. All right, uh, as we always do to close out overtime here on ninety five seven, the game, and it's great news that we will be doing this at least one more time because yeah, the Niners won today. Uh, we got to hand out game balls. Uh, there's a number of people to choose from, and this one's really all allow you to go first. Who is your Ooh. first game ball going to tonight in this 24-21 to Niners win? I will take the easy way out, and I'll pick the man that had the game-sealing interception, had two picks on the night, Dre Greenlaw, eight tackles, uh, one tackle for loss, two pass deflections, and again, those two interceptions, one to get San Francisco the ball back, the other one to seal the game and get the win and cap off a ugly, ugly victory at Levi Stadium tonight. Uh, Drake Greenlaw getting yeah, a game ball. Love the team with eight tackles yeah. as well. He was really good. Uh, I thought you were going to pick his uh, running mate. I was for thinking a about it. I was thinking about it. That was my thought. Uh, so I'm going to go with it. You I'll pick well. his running mate, the <laughs> other linebacker, Fred Warner. Uh, I think clearly the Niners' two best defenders today. Uh, Diamador Lenore deserves a shout out, but Fred Warner had seven tackles. He had a tackle for loss. He didn't have the the interceptions uh, that Dre Greenlaw did to, to go with his stellar play up front. Um, but Fred Warner was the driving force behind the Niners, uh, keeping Green Bay to, to field goals and getting the fourth down stop in the red zone for Green Bay. Without him, uh, it's probably like a 21-7 to lead for Green Bay at halftime. That's how important Fred Warner was. So he gets a game ball for me. Let's go to the offense that was <laughs> not productive at all tonight outside of two people, but I'll take the harder one to find. Um, how about George Kittle? Mm. Um, I know there's another person out there. You'll probably pick him as the next game ball, but George Kittle. There's another one you could go with. Okay, okay. But George Kittle, four receptions, 81 yards, led the team in yards, had one massive touchdown where it felt like if they don't score there, this thing might get ugly. How many drives like that did the Niners have today? Like almost Every single all of one. Them. Everyone was that way. It was like, if they don't score here, it might be over. And um, most times, they didn't score. Exactly. And thankfully on this drive for Kittle, uh, I know he dropped the pass later. It wasn't pretty. I think San Francisco dropped four passes tonight. It wasn't a great day. They rarely drop balls. I, I think they had the the lowest drop rate in the entire league I this year. I think so, yeah. And they dropped four tonight, um, but Kittle, four catches, 81 yards, led the team. One beautiful ball from Brock Purdy. Kittle, in the end zone, gets the touchdown. Uh, he was a massive, massive impact in the running game, but also through the air. Uh, George Kittle gets my second game ball. Yeah, biggest threat through the air uh, for the Niners. Led the team eight for, or pardon me, four for 81 from Brock Purdy. Um, the obvious one is Christian McCaffrey, so I suppose I will go with him. He deserves it. The other one I was keeping my eye on who deserves a shout-out is Juwan Jennings. Benny. Juwan Jennings was great. Five for 61. Let I, Benny jack it. I, <laughs> 5-1-0 oh. saying it all night. Wow. I had to. to. Shout-out to the 5 one our loyal <laughs> listener on the Comcast Business text line. Uh, but Christian McCaffrey, 17 carries for 98 yards, two touchdowns. He added in seven catches for 30 yards. Uh, so what, 24 total touches for 128 total yards. I was predicting 150 and two tuds. He didn't quite get to 150, but 128 and two touchdowns. Had a 39-yard touchdown run uh, in the first half. Had the six-yard touchdown run to seal the game in the final minute uh, in the fourth quarter to put the Niners ahead for good. Christian McCaffrey was the driving force for the Niners offense today, uh, and it is very, very easy and obvious, Sterling, uh, if the Niners were without Christian McCaffrey today, uh, they lose this game by double digits. He was the most important player on the offense. He was. 
feed CMC. It really is it's that pretty simple. It really is that simple. Um, I want to give one last game ball for oh, myself. Okay. To maybe someone that fans might not appreciate too much. Um, Jake Moody. He missed a kick. No, no, no. It was blocked. That's not his fault. He still might have missed it. it Maybe, but we, we'll never know. It's in the ether of, I have no idea what's going to happen. That but, was a clutch kick that he hit in but the fourth. 52-yard field goal. In like, the elements. Like, I told you during the game. Are we getting Legatron texts or what? We did earlier, yes. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I said, if this game comes down to a not Jake Moody missed field goal, but an Anders Carlson missed field goal, that would be a perfect end to this game. That is almost exactly what happened. Jake Moody hits his field goal. Anders Carlson misses his field goal. Gives SF a chance to get the win. Only a three-point margin of victory. Imagine if San Francisco didn't score and they missed that field goal. And you're, you're sitting there. Green, game over. Green Bay ball at the, almost midfield. And it feels like your energy and your chances of winning are waning and they might be over there. So Jake Moody, one out of two for field goals, one gets blocked, but three extra points made, six points on the day. I believe that is the exact same amount of points Brock Purdy had. Oh, okay. Legatron with the game ball. All Legatron. right. Uh, just I'll give two honorary game balls out. I mentioned Juwan Jennings. He deserves the shout out and getting a lot of love on the Comcast business text line and the YouTube chat powered by First NorCal Credit Union. I see it from Jimbo. I see it from uh, Damon. Uh, Lenore deserves a shout out as well. Go Ducks. I agree. And go Ducks. That's not why I'm saying it, but go Ducks. Go Ducks. Uh, you're right, Jimbo. You're right, Damon. Lenore was good. Damon says Lenore laid the wood tonight. Yes, he no, did. No, but he says not that kind of wood, Sterling. He mm. must have heard my bathroom analogy earlier, which is really <laughs> bad. <laughs> uh, we're not going there again. We I gotta promise, get, we I gotta promise, get the hell off the air. I promise to leave that in the divisional round. <laughs> Please, don't bring that with us. No bidet talk next game. week, folks. No bidet talk. We're back eight <laughs> days from now. NFC Championship Let's game. Go! It'll be on Sunday. Uh, whatever time the kickoff is, if it's the early game, if it's the late game, we're with you all day or night long after the fact on overtime here on 95.7. The game already looking forward to it eight days away. Niner fans, the faithful, enjoy Ooh, tomorrow. Breathe. You got to watch two games and you don't got to worry about about anything Heck you yeah. got the lions taking on the bucks it's the early game at noon kansas city and buffalo at 3 30 should be a ton of fun looking forward to those games tomorrow who do you want to win oh, i'll be rooting for tampa bay okay but the afc i'll be rooting for ooh. Ah, ah. i picked buffalo that's to go to I the picked. super bowl that's why i picked too but i don't know who i'd rather play in the super bowl who has a better chance to beat the ravens any team who well probably the bills Probably. So I think I'm rooting for the Bills. Okay. I think. Yeah. I don't know. We'll worry about Tampa and Detroit first, and then we'll get to everything else after that. <laughs> all right. That'll do it for overtime here on 95.7 The Game. Shout out to all of our listeners. We love all of you on the on the Comcast Business Tech Line, all of our callers today on the YouTube chat. You guys were great all night long. For Chris O'Connell behind the glass, still busy at work getting us all the sound that you will hear all day on Monday. He gets a game on ball. On 95.7 The Game. He yeah, gets a game Shout ball. out to Chris O'Connell. Uh, to my partner, Sterling Bennett. My name is Mark Randy signing off. Thanks so much for tuning in all night long. The Niners on to the NFC title game. Yeah! They survived the Packers 24-21. Thanks for listening and have a great rest of your weekend. 
You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 